Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Noah St. John. Uh, Noah is recognized as the father of affirmations uh, and the mental health coach to the stars. He's worked with Hollywood celebrities, seven and eight figure company CEOs. Uh, professional athletes, top executives, elite entrepreneurs. Um, he's famous for helping his coaching clients uh, make more in 12 weeks than they did in the previous 12 months, which I've got some questions about, and we're going to find out how uh, on this episode, uh, which is pretty exciting. And we were just talking about before this, has published 22 books, or I guess book number 22 um, coming out uh, and will have come will have came out by the time this episode goes live, which is pretty nuts. Traditionally publishing experience, self-published experience, um, so both sides of the aisle, um, we'll be able to learn from both. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation. Noah, welcome. Great to have thank you here. Thank you. Thank you, Chandler. Great to be here. So I guess, first off, I mean, 22 books. Obviously, books are a big part of your business and mm-hmm. a big part of uh, you know your brand and all that stuff. Why books? Why is that such a big part of what you do? You know, it's so funny. I, one of my very first memories is in kindergarten when I was playing with blocks and I was playing with blocks of letters. Now you're probably too young. They probably didn't have this when you were in in kindergarten or whatever. But when I was in kindergarten, they had these blocks of letters, you know, learn your ABCs, ABC. And, you you know, just so one of my first earliest memories is taking these blocks of letters and just making these long, long words. I just I always loved words. And I started reading before I was two years old. You can ask my mother this. She's a teacher um, and my aunt was a teacher. So I grew up with, you know, teachers and, and the arts and things like that. Lots of creative people, my, both my parents and, and everybody that I grew up with were very creative people. So I just I always love books. I love reading and I love learning. And um, another part of my story is that I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. <laughs> and I know that's a total cliche, but it's true. I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine which is one of the wealthiest communities in New England. Oh, yeah. My family was dirt poor. Exactly. Well, my family was dirt poor. I mean, that literally, we lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house. That's my parents ended up losing a foreclosure when I was just 15 years old. So I hated being poor because I saw that right down the street, there's great wealth and abundance. So I literally said from the time I was a little kid, how the heck do I get from here to there? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I could figure to do was go to the library and start reading books. Mm -hmm. internet back then, you know, so there was no, no YouTube or things like that. So I just, I went to the library. So I basically grew up in the library. I grew up around books. And as you can see now from my, you know, library behind me, uh, these are some of the 22 books that I've written here. And these are some of my books in other languages, 18 languages now. Wow. So I've just, I've just always been surrounded by books. I, I love books and, you know, I love writing. And so that is, I know I'm really weird because a lot of authors don't actually don't like those two things. writing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the process of writing. I love the doing of the writing. Uh, I was listening to an interview with John Grisham and he had a great quote that I remember. He said, you know, writing books is really easy. It's selling them. That's hard. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I hear you, buddy. I hear you, brother. So anyway, I just I love books. And um, that's that's why I did it. So you talked about writing books is easy, at least for you. Um, and But selling them is hard. <laughs> so yeah. 
how have you been so successful with your books? Like how have you sold so many copies of your books? Um, and yeah, actually maybe let's, let's start there. Well, you know, I'll, I'll never forget my very first book that was published, um, in 1999. All right. So almost 25 years ago now, and, and actually it was self-published in 1998. So which is 25 years ago right now. Um, and so, um, back then in 1998, you remember being online in the nineties uh, for the folks listening and watching the program, right? You remember the, <laughs> you know, right. And I mean, it was, yeah, it was bad. You know, it was basically just me and Al Gore back then. So it was like trying to build <laughs> a little, little internet humor for you there. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> Anyway, it was like trying to build a house with a rock and some sticks, you know, I was like, forget <laughs> it. And, and, you know, the only, the only funnels was funnel cake. So, I mean, forget it. There's no <laughs> such thing as any of that stuff that we have today. So the point is that I, I literally had to go to a local copy shop, I, I, you know, just the copy, you know, shop that, or, you know, store that was down the street. And I said, Hey guys, you know, how do you publish a book? And they said, well, you know, here, you just do this, this. I was like, look, I don't have any money. What's the cheapest way you can do it? I, they said, well, you can do tape bound. I said, what's that? It's bound with a piece of tape, tape bound. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So, I mean, I published the ugliest book you've ever seen, um, self-published. You know, there's no KDP or anything, of course, back then. Mm -hmm. And it was called Permission to Succeed. Well, you know, so happened that I met Jack Canfield uh, a year later, and he was in the same town that I was going to college. He went to the same uh, college in Amherst, Massachusetts. And so I met him and showed him my self-published book, which was the ugliest book you've ever seen, but he loved it. And he just, he totally got my message. He totally understood what I was doing. He sent my self-published book to the chicken soup publisher. And eight weeks later, I got a call from the chicken soup publisher and they said, we'd like to publish your book. So that's mm -hmm. how I got my big break really there. But here's the funny thing about that. I, I swear this is true. I, I figured the way that it happened is that, you know, I get published week one, Week two, I'm on Oprah, and week three, I'm a millionaire. That's <laughs> yeah. what I figured. I, yeah. I swear I thought that. That didn't exactly happen that way. Not exactly how it works, you know. And so um, it was a hell of a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Much, much, much harder. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I love what you're doing, Chandler. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of self-publishing school. I think you're doing great work helping so many people, you know, whether it's first-time authors or people who've authored many books. Uh, to really, really get uh, a leg up on the competition. So, you know, that's why I'm a big fan and excited to be here today. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. So what? how would you say like those first 10,000 copies? <laughs> like wh what did you do? Was it, I mean, I know you, you talked about kind of, uh, I feel like a lot of authors experience is like, oh, cool, I'm traditionally published. Now right. they're going to publish my book. Right. I, and we always tell people it's it's called book publisher, not book marketer. That's right. right. They're not going to market your book. You as the author, yeah, whether you're self-publishing, traditionally right. publishing, doesn't matter. You're responsible for for selling books. So 100%. what what were the, what, what was maybe like one or two things that worked the best and, and, and strictly in like that first 10,000 copies? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I really did. I, I, I came into this business with stars in my eyes. And, you know, like I said, you know, I thought I'd be a millionaire in the first week and didn't exactly happen that way. Um, but I, I remember going exactly what you said. I had to learn what you just said the hard way. And, you know, I literally was like, why aren't you guys doing something to the publisher? I'm like, why, are you, why aren't you doing something? You know, and they would literally do nothing. And I'd be like, hello, don't you want to sell books? 
And they said to me, basically what you just said, which is, well, that's up to you, dum-dum. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, so I had to just, I mean, it was just hustle, you know, just like Gary Vee talks about. It was just pure hustle. And I would do tons of book signings. And, and you know, back then, of course, things were totally different than they are right now. Frankly, the tools that we all have available as authors today are, are so much better. Of course, that's the good news and the bad news. The good news is that the tools are so much better. The bad news is the competition is increased by a factor of 100,000, you know, so there's mm-hmm. just so much noise out there. It's really, really hard, much, much harder to, to really stand out. So the point is, um, the number one thing that that I did and that, you know, every successful author really has to do is build an audience. You know, mm-hmm. you have to build your email list. I, I know you teach that to your clients, and that's what mm-hmm. I teach my clients as well, is you've got to build a tribe. You've got to build a tribe of people who know, like, and trust you, and you have to own that list, all right? And so I am a huge proponent of email marketing, right? There's so many people you hear, oh, email marketing is dead. Really? Okay, how's Clubhouse going for you these days? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> whatever. There's always a shiny object. There's yeah. always a new gimmick. There's always a new fad. But there are the things that will always work. You know, mm-hmm. even, look, every marketing thing, every marketing anything always decreases over time. And why? Because as my good friend Gary Vee says, marketers ruin everything. Marketers mm-hmm. ruin everything. And that will never not change. Okay. That, or I should say that will never change. Uh, that will never change. That will never not be true. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, my point is that, so just, you know, I mean, I remember in the nineties, right. When I started, I mean, you know, email open rates were what 70, 80%, you know, mm-hmm. well, now you're lucky to get what 12%, 15%, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, I mean, everything stops work or I should say decreases over time. And of course mm-hmm. we know with advertising, the costs go up and the conversions go down. Right. Look at Facebook, look at TikTok, look at whatever you want, you know. So whenever anything starts and, you know, my good friend and our our mutual friend, Rich Sheffern, talks about this all the time, you know, that at the beginning of any, you know, marketing tactic, it's really, really good because it's new. Mm-hmm. But then marketers mm-hmm. come in, they ruin everything and then pff, it stops working. So mm-hmm. I will just reiterate that I don't know of any other strategy that is more important than building an email list of people who know, like, and trust you as an author. That way, whatever you choose to put out, you know, if you put out one book, five books, 10 books, or in my case, 22 books, you know, you have an, a warm, receptive audience that says, hey, w- what do you got now? And I can't wait to read it. Mm, that's good. And and so that's uh, a good lesson for people. Hey, marketers doing everything. Um, early days of a, of a new fad or marketing channel might be good, but they're going to diminish and stick to the tried and true. You mentioned book signing. So I'm sure there was some in-person stuff, some speaking stuff. And then long-term, it sounds like the big takeaway is invest in your email list and it's an owned asset, not a borrowed asset. You're, you're kind of on your own playground versus playing on somebody else's playground. And when you're playing on somebody else's playground, the the rules to that playground could change. The, the, the playground can close down. Um, there's a lot of kind of unknown variables. Uh, talk to exactly. me about, you know, 22 books. Uh, I feel like a lot of times uh, as authors, like you're, you, the, you've got one or two books that just really hit. Mm-hmm. And from a bunch of people I've interviewed on this podcast, it's like, there's no, you know, it's like, well, why? Like, why do you think? And, and a lot of times there's no rhyme or reason, but, uh, you know, screw it. I'll ask it anyway. Um, for you, like which of which of the 22 books has, has sold the best? Mm-hmm. Um, and any, any rhyme or reason or kind of why behind that as, as you can understand it. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. 
All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Well, um, I don't have the exact numbers, uh, so but I'm going to guess, and I'm I'm pretty sure this is true. And if you go on Amazon and just look at the you know like the number of of reviews, you know five star yep. reviews that I have, this is actually my most popular book. It's called The Book of Affirmations, and this was published by Hay House. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a dream to be published by Hay House because in the 1990s, the early 90s, before I ever wrote a book. I had, I was, I went, I was going back to the library, you know, I was in the library, just you know, grew up in the library, I spent lots and lots of time in the library, hours and hours and years, really. <laughs> and one of my dreams was to be a Hay House author. Um, and the reason is because I read lots of Hay House books, right? The Spiritual Growth, they're the number one self-help uh, publisher in the world, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson, you know, Deepak Chopra, you know, just the biggest names in, in the self-help spiritual world, which I was really immersed in. And so um, after I, in, in 1997, when I really discovered things that were missing in this industry, I'm talking about the self-help industry now, in the personal growth industry, I, because I had immersed myself in that, in that environment and, and reading all those books and studying all these guys, and I went, okay, what's missing? What aren't they telling us? And I think that's an important lesson because for, you know, for any author, the one thing you don't want to do is just you know, be a me too, be a recycle, be a regurgitation of everybody else. And you see that everywhere. I mean, everywhere is just guys and gals who are just saying the same thing that everybody else does. And it's like boring, you know, it's just, oh my God, we've heard this a million times and you're boring, you know? And the one thing you can't do is bore people because that way, or if you do, you're never going to get their attention. And so I discovered something, you know, totally new and unique in the field of self-help, which is my method of affirmations. You'll notice this is spelled A-F-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N-S, affirmations, not affirmations. So, of course, every self-help book ever written talks about affirmations. Well, I invented this method called affirmations. And uh, Reed Tracy, who's the CEO of Hay House, one of the most respected, you know, people in the entire publishing industry, um, he called me one day and he said, hey, Noah, we'd like to publish your book of affirmations. You'll notice that this is the fourth edition. I know it's hard to see there, but anyways, this is the fourth edition. So I actually published three editions of this book before the Hay House edition uh, because I just wanted to get my message out you know, to the world. And so when Hay House published it, I mean, you know, Hay House is Hay House. I mean, they're, they're you know, the 800 pound gorilla. And so, you know, for the rest of my life, I can say I'm a Hay House author. And what's so funny is a lot of my friends, as a result, uh, they decided to be Hay House author. A lot of my, you know, colleagues in the industry, they they saw me doing it. And they're like, "Hey, I want to be Hay House author." So they did, and it's like, "You're welcome." You know, yeah. But anyway, so that one really, I think people absolutely love for the for a very simple reason because this works. It is mm-hmm. incredibly powerful mm-hmm. and incredibly simple, and frankly, incredibly life changing. So mm-hmm. just for the fact of the of the the quality of the work, that is really what has sold many copies of the book. I would say the second one is called Power Habits. This is mm-hmm. 
um, was published by Nightingale Conant, who is a, a traditional audiobook publisher. Well, the CEO of Nightingale Conant, Vic Conant, called me one day a few years ago and he said, hey, Noah, we're going to get into the book publishing industry now because they've been doing audio only for you know 50 years. And I had done two programs with I've done two audio programs with Nightingale Conant. And uh, it was the power habits system and the power habits of uh, ultimate self-confidence. So I talked about, anyway, the power habits of unconsciously successful people. So what I realized is that the, the Affirmations book is part of the power habits. So in other words, um, I created this system. And again, I'm showing you part of the book here on page 100. You'll see Affirmations is part of the system. So the way that I did this is I designed this book to be really um, um, a workbook, you know, a template, a guide for people to be who, for people who had studied lots of self-help and had spent lots of money and gone to all these seminars, but they were still stuck. And so that's why you mentioned, you know, in your introduction that I'm known for helping my clients make more in 12 weeks than they did in the previous 12 months. Well, that's really how I do it. So I laid it out in the book. It's the power habits. And people, yes, and people really, really love it. And that's, you know, why they gravitate to it. Got it. Lots to unpack there. Um, two two kind of veins of thoughts. Yes. Um, one is so you talked about that selling the best with Hay House. Was that something that Hay House did? Were you still largely responsible for marketing the book? Like I it, was it was me. Yeah. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I love Hay House, but man, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was. It was. I, I don't want to say it was all me, but it was all me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, but you know, again, with Hay House being the eight hundred pound gorilla, I can walk into any room, any anything, and anybody it helps knows anything. Open doors. Yeah. It, exactly. It cracks anybody open knows doors anything. That you can oh, then push open. Exactly. Yeah. You're a Hay House author. Okay. You know, come on in. You know. And so yeah, it that does carry. It does carry a lot of weight. No that question. makes sense. So talk to me about the what's the difference between affirmations and affirmations? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the things that I discovered way back in 1997, over 25 years ago. So an affirmation, as we all know, if you've ever read a self-help book, they all say the same thing, right? Say these statements, a positive statement, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, like, for example, I, as a keynote speaker, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach, I'm a keynote speaker as a, and an author. And as a keynote speaker, I like to play a game with my audience members. I say, um, okay, everybody, we're going to stand up and say a traditional affirmation, just like those guys, you know, have been teaching us for decades. All right, everybody say, I am rich. And everybody goes, I am rich. You know what happens next? Everybody starts laughing. And I go, what are you laughing at? And they go, well, I'm not rich. And I say, but you just said you were. And they go, yeah, but I don't believe it. And see, that's the thing. We say these positive statements, but we just don't really believe it. We're like bashing into our brain. In fact, interestingly, a study was done about this, this very topic, and it found that 75% of people who use the old affirmations method end up more frustrated than before. So imagine if you had a smartphone, right? Imagine you had a smartphone and it didn't work three out of the four times you tried to use it, right? You'd probably get a new phone. So that's mm -hmm. what I invented. I invented a better phone, <laughs> which is your brain, right? So how to use your brain. So an affirmation, you know, again, this method that I invented is an, an empowering question. So the human brain actually responds automatically to questions. It's called the embedded presupposition factor of the brain. It's just a fancy way of saying when you ask a question, your brain searches for the answer. And so I said, why are we going around making statements we don't believe? When the human mind responds automatically to questions. And so that's what affirmations is. So, and by the way, this word affirmations that I invented comes from the Latin word formare, formare, which means to form or give shape to. So the question I often ask my, my audience members or my coaching clients, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching, I'll often say to them, what if you're making something firm, but it's in the wrong form? 
That means you form the life you didn't even want. And you do that through the power of your questions. So using my affirmations method, you can take conscious control of the questions you're asking, change your questions, change your habits, change your results, and thereby change your life. Mm. And so give me an example of an author affirmation. So let's say I want to sell more books. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sell more copies of my book. Right. Well, maybe how would I do that in the traditional affirmation model? Right. And then and then how would that be different? And what's an example of doing that in the affirmation model? Right. So an affirmation would be I'm a successful author or, you know, uh, I, it's easy for me to sell a lot of books. Right. Those are statements. And you're like, your brain goes, no, no, you're not. Right. No, no, it isn't. That, that sounds stupid. Right. You're, I call it the yeah, right response. Your brain goes, yeah, right. Right. We don't we say the statement we want to believe, it, but we just don't. So in affirmation, you bypass the yeah, right response using the embedded presupposition factor brains. You'd say, why am I such a successful author? Why is it so easy for me to sell lots of copies of my books? Now, your brain goes, what? <laughs> but see, because you're asking a question, you actually don't hit your brain. And so it's like you instead of hitting a brick wall, you take a left and your brain figures out a way to do it. Now, it's not magic. All right. What I mm -hmm. teach you in my books and my coaching and my courses is, you know, this isn't magic. What they taught you in the secret. Right. We all saw the secret. And they say, if you think about money, uh, you know, it just pours in from the sky. Uh, think about a car and it magically shows up. Really? What planet is that on again? You know, because I would love to, I'd move to that planet tomorrow where you don't have to do anything, right? Just think mm -hmm. about money and it just appears just on planet earth. We have to do this annoying thing called take action if we want yeah. results. So that's what I teach, but it's the foundation going back to my power habits. That I was talking about, it's the foundation of everything that you, that you do to get better results. I see. So, so you look at it as ask the question and then the question creates the tension to that is that defaults your brain towards okay, what are the actions that I need to Correct. take versus just tension that's, all right, well, I'm not that person. I can't so do it. Fill in right. the blank, but it's like almost sounds like a more practical action oriented way. <laughs> yes, indeed. And if you go to my website, you'll see, I mean, just hundreds of stories of examples of this, of people who, you know, change their questions, change their habits, change the results and change their lives. And I mean, I, I could tell you tons of stories about that, but anyway. <laughs> that, that's really interesting. Cause I feel like what you've done there was just super smart marketing wise uh -huh. is you've kind of picked a big mainstream thing yep. Yep. Um, that a lot of people were bought into. And then you've kind of done an us versus them. That's like, right. okay, here's why this is wrong. That's here's right. why everything you know about affirmations that's right. is wrong. And here's what to do instead. Was right. that, was that intentional? Was that kind of like, did you kind of stumble into that? What was, what's, what was kind of the why behind that? And is there anywhere else in your business where you've done that um, in your business or with your books where you feel like you've done that successfully? I've always done that, but it was never from a marketing standpoint. I wish I was a good, as good a marketer, you know, as a lot of these guys out there, because I would have done it a lot smarter and a lot better, a lot earlier. So I had to catch up with myself <laughs> because I discovered affirmations in April of 1997. I discovered power habits in October of 1997. All of it, all of everything that I've done is an us versus them, or here's what they're not telling us. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to, I mean, that's what I say, because mm -hmm. they just don't tell us. I mean, so going back to my, you know, my, my power habit system, the, the full title is the power habits of unconsciously successful people, meaning what highly successful people do unconsciously that they don't even know they're doing, number one, therefore, number two, they can't teach you. That's mm -hmm. why, you know, people like there was one client who had spent 
tens of thousands of dollars on all these different, you know, self-help. And that's really mostly who I work with. People who spent lots and lots of money and they're still stuck. They hit that, as I call it, the income ceiling. They keep hitting an income ceiling and nothing that they're doing is helping them. I'm saying that's because they left everything out. And we actually helped them increase by 600% in less than one year. So just hockey stick growth, like, whoop, you know, right through. And how? How'd you do that? Because like, of these, yeah, because of these power habits. They're unconscious habits that these people are doing that they're never going to tell you. So what are the power habits? Well, that's what I mean. That's why affirmations is the first one. I see. Highly success. That's again, it goes back to the system. So this is a lot like Stephen Covey's, you know, seven habits of highly mm-hmm. effective people. You mm-hmm. notice that we we did a, a, a framework. And by the way, that's a really good uh, example for every author. You want to have a framework. So you're not just saying, hey, do this, do this. Yes. And it's just a bunch of tactics. And the person's like, well, what? You know, I, I don't get it. You know, but when you give them a framework, you're literally changing their their thought patterns mm-hmm. and their behavior. That's what I did. Again, I did, I did all of this without knowing what I was doing. And it took me a long time for my marketing to catch up with, with the content. Usually it's the other way yeah. around. But for me, that's that's what it was. So I'm like, oh, that that's actually really good. I I, I should mm-hmm. do an us versus them. Great idea. <laughs> when the frameworks help people attribute it back to you. That's right. right? So uh, and right. That, this is a huge I'm so glad you mentioned that, Noah. Like this is, this is this is a huge thing I messed up with a lot of my early books is I would teach great content, but not take that extra like five percent of time to say, hey, yep. how is this? How does this come into a framework? And so like that's with with my newest book published. This was it's like, okay, the four P's of a best-selling book, the more writing method, which was like it was a process that I taught for years, but then everyone rips it off and no one uses it to me because there's no framework, there's no process, right? And so I love that you mentioned that. Take that extra time, crystallize the framework. It'll help people learn better, it'll help people implement better. And it'll it'll be real estate that you own, kind of like you know. I noticed that you've been intentional about um, uh, doing registered trademarks yes. on you know affirmations yep. and the book of affirmations and yep. stuff like that, um, which is smart. So going back to those power habits, and this will kind of circle to the loop I opened at the beginning of the podcast of okay, you know, someone making more in twelve weeks than they did in in, in twelve months. So you said, hey, power habit number one is is uh, the um, the, the the law or the art or whatever of affirmations. Yep. So that's number one. What's one or two of the other um, power habits that are most helpful for people looking to um, kind of exponentially increase their income? Well, one is really, as I call it, taking out your head trash. So the head trash is the voice in your head that says, I can't do it because, all right? And so when you say, I can't do it because, you make yourself right, even if it's totally wrong. So we convince ourselves that we can't do things and then we behave to make ourselves right. So one of the power habits is understanding, number one, what is your head trash? What is that voice in your head that says, I can't do it because? And then number two, understand that you don't have to keep listening to that person, that guy in your head that says, Mm -hmm. I can't do it because, you know, so what many people say is, well, I can't do it because I'm too old, because I made too many mistakes, because I'm divorced, because I'm a woman, because I'm, you know, whatever. And they give every excuse in the book. And yet you can point to a person in that exact situation who's gone on to great success. And so you want to understand that just because you're telling yourself you can't do it, that doesn't make it true. I'll give you an mm-hmm. example of that. We have one of, so like we have a, a program called the 12 week breakthrough where we help people make more in 12 weeks than in the past 12 months. 
And um, the point is, uh, you can learn about that on our website. But my point is that we had one woman from uh, Arizona. She's an entrepreneur. And she had exactly what I was describing. She was a self-help junkie, you know, going, and that's her words. You know, she was going to all these seminars and, you know, running around and spending all this money, but she kept hitting that income ceiling. And so I taught her about affirmations and head trash and, you know, getting her foot off the brake, as I call it, and all these different, the, the power habits. Well, she tripled her investment in two weeks. She tripled in two weeks. And we hadn't even gotten to the money part yet. That's how powerful these unconscious habits are. Not only that, she decided to really face her, her, her fears. And she decided to actually enter a bikini contest for the first time. And she came in third place. Well, guess what? She's 69 years old. And she entered a bikini contest for the first time. I mean, she's in amazing shape. But how about that for taking out your head trash? You know, 69 years old, entering your, entering your first bikini contest. I mean, to me, that's really amazing. Mm, that's that's wild. Um, I love that, the concept of taking your foot off the brake. I think yep. this is a great analogy. Yep. Um, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about your publishing experience. So obviously, yep. you've self-published. Yep. Uh, you've also worked with HarperCollins. you work with Hay House. you work with Simon & Schuster. You've published with Mind Valley. You've published with Nightingale Conant. You've published with um, The Chicken Soup for the Soul Publisher. So yep. uh, one of the more diverse publishing experiences, you know, people that we've had on the show. So I guess with that in mind, which which was the best experience between all those? Um, and then what, what were maybe some comparisons? And, you know, obviously... It, you know, this is no knock on any of these publishers or whatever, but I'd love for you to speak as freely as you can of just like, hey, this was the best experience. Here's mm -hmm. just so people can kind of come come in with eyes wide open, depending on which route, yeah. which publisher they pick. Well, I am actually the only author in history to be published by those six publishers that you mentioned. No one else in his, the history of publishing has ever done that. Been published by Hay House, HarperCollins, Simon Schuster, Mind Valley, Nightingale Conant, and Chicken Soup for the Soul Publisher. Nobody's done it. Tony Robbins hasn't done it. You know, Deepak, no name that you can name has done it other than me. So I'm the only person in history that's ever done that. And so I, I do have a, a very wide range of experience in both uh, self-publishing and traditional publishing. In fact, we have a book done for you service as well. I'm working with a stem cell doctor right now because he said no i you know i've got this book rattling around in my head i've had it rattling around for years but you know i see what you're doing and you know can you help me and so yes i mean so we we have that service as well we get books done in fact we decided to co-author it because you know he's like no i want your name on this too so we have that service too so what i would say is i actually put all traditional publishers basically you know in the same pile and they're all great and they they have very severe limitations. So here's how I describe it. It's very simple. When you do self-publishing, you do all the work and you keep all the money. When you do traditional publishing, you do all the work and they keep most of the money. And people say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. The answer is, but one word, and the one word is distribution. That is what traditional publishers can give you that you, I don't want to say you can't do it, but it's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. In other words, you know, Payhouse, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, they have armies of salespeople all around the world. So that's how I've been published in 18 languages, as I was showing you before. If I would have had to do this, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. It's, it's mm -hmm. a help work. And so they have these armies of salespeople. And also they have people who want to sell your books in other languages, right? Because they make money when they sell the rights. So, you know, I'm in Hungarian and Chinese and Japanese and French and Portuguese and on and on and on. Right. So the publisher makes money and I make money. So the point is that distribution is worth a lot. Again, going back to my point that I made earlier, 
you know, being able to say that I'm a Hay House author, I'm a HarperCollins, and I'm the only author in history to be published by the big six publishers. Again, that carries some weight, you know, to some mm-hmm. in some audiences, in some circles, people go, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. And of course, it does help me get clients because they know, hey, I've done it. I've done it all different ways. I know the ins and outs of this industry. I've been doing it 25 years. I can show you the, the, the mistakes to avoid, <laughs> mistakes I wish someone would have told me to, to avoid, you know, many years ago, um, and, and how to get it done very, very quickly. So like with that book, Done For You Service, I mean, we get it done in, you know, four to eight weeks instead of mm-hmm. taking years and years and years that the person, you know, would normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had I, just a real quick story. This is funny. I had one, one client and she said, no, I want to publish a book. And I said, okay, no problem. So where we always start is, well, you know, first of all, do you have a book? You know, is it is it done? Do you have a manuscript? Mm-hmm. She said, oh yeah, I've got a manuscript. Okay, great. Where, by the way, so where is your manuscript? She says, well, it's in a shoebox in my closet. Okay, um, I'm just curious. I asked her. I said, so I'm curious. So how long has it been in a shoebox in your closet? She said, 15 years. It's okay. Well, um, yeah. Do you see? Head trash, fear, keeping her stuck. I said, maybe we want to get it out of the shoebox, out of the closet, and maybe we could share it with the world. So, you know, just helping her to give, get her that self-confidence that she could do it. And now she's actually published many books. So, I mean, mm. just getting her over that hurdle was worth, well, it was priceless. <laughs> mm, cool. Well, no, this has been great, man. Um, talk to me. Uh, last question. Knowing what you know now, 22 books later, what would be your parting piece of advice uh, for the Noah from 22 years ago? Um, or not 22 years ago. How many ever years ago and 22 books ago? Yeah. Uh, what would be your parting piece of advice? Um, get help and do your research. Um, I, I spent over $750,000 paying all these marketing gurus only to find out they can't teach their way out of a paper bag. They, they truly suck at teaching. They're great self-promoters, but they, there's no, there there. They don't, they, there's nothing there. And so that really sucked. It, it really, you know, it cost me years and cost me a lot of money and it hurt my self-confidence. So the point for everybody watching and listening to the program is, you know, do get help. It, it's it's really hard. I mean, th- there's a lot of ins and outs. There's things you don't know. It's like it's like climbing Mount Everest. You want a Sherpa. You know, you want somebody who's been to the mountaintop, right, to help you get there and not fall and, and you know, hurt yourself. So uh, I wish I would have had better advice, you know, much, much earlier because I got a lot of bad advice and that really, really cost me. So be careful of the people who are really, you know, great at self-promotion, but do your homework and see, have they helped other people succeed? Have they helped other people get results? Not just about them. When it's just about them, you know, then it's like, it's it's personality-driven success, as I call it. There's a big mm. difference between personality-driven and system-driven success. You want to find a coach, a mentor who's got a system, and that's who you work with because that way it can work for anybody. Mm-hmm. Cool. Noah, thank you so much, man. This has been awesome. Where, where can people go um, to find out more about you uh, and buy your books and, and all that good stuff? My main website is noahstjohn.com. That's my name, just like it sounds, N-O-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N. You go to affirmations.com, learn more about that. And by the way, if you go to breakthroughwithnoah.com, that's a, that's a new site we have, breakthroughwithnoah.com. And it's, there's an 11-minute training video on how I help my clients make more than 12 weeks than in the previous 12 months uh, at breakthroughwithnoah.com. By the way, I want to, real quick, we didn't even get to mention this, but my new, new book is The Seven Figure Expert. And uh, that I don't I don't even have it to show in my hands. I mean, that's how new it is. But it's sevenfigureexpertbook.com. That is free plus shipping. So if you want to check that out, sevenfigureexpertbook.com and breakthroughwithnoah.com. Those would be the two places I think would be great to start. Awesome. Seven figure. You said sevenfigureexpertbook.com? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Awesome. Sevenfigureexpertbook.com. That's the new book. Um, check it out. Check it out, y'all. Uh, Noah, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.